It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. As human beings, it can be very easy to make bad choices. The key word, however, is choices, and that is our responsibility. We'll look at that in our thought of the day. And in our interview segment, Olympic culinary gold medalist chef Charles Carroll with some of the most important success lessons and correct choices for young and old. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. One of my favorite television shows is Law & Order. Now in syndication, the premise is that for the first part of the hour-long show, the police investigate the crime and eventually arrest the alleged criminals, while in the second part, the district attorney's office prosecutes them, hence the name Law and Order. Now, at times, the criminals are simply bad people, at worst, psychopaths who truly wish to cause destruction. Other times, simply ruthless people who killed because... Well, not killing the person would have gotten in the way of what they wanted to accomplish. And they had absolutely no remorse for doing so, other than the fact that they got caught. I didn't feel sorry for them. They should have been punished and spent the rest of their lives, or at least the majority of their lives, behind bars where they couldn't infringe upon anyone else's right to live their lives and pursue their happiness. But there was another type of criminal in the series that I just couldn't help feeling sorry for. That was the person who, through one bad decision, a bad choice, a stupid choice, if you will, because they could easily have chosen an alternative choice, got themselves involved in some type of crime for which they would be held legally accountable and actually have to spend time in jail. They did indeed commit the crime, but they weren't the type to have probably done something like that in their entire life. But they did. And I'm sure that people in real life who have found themselves in a similar situation had the same basic feelings as the characters being portrayed. They might have asked themselves, why would I do such a thing? I know it was wrong. I knew it was wrong at the time. I wasn't brought up that way. That one bad decision changed everything. By the way, sometimes one horrendous, life-altering decision might be something as seemingly mundane as texting while driving. Next time you're considering doing that, because it's just a quick response to an important text you just received, first, imagine the worst thing that could possibly happen if you do that, and don't do that. That would be a good choice. Our lives are made up of choices. Let's look at one other type, a young kid who has had something tragic happen in their lives. Feeling lonely, desperate, or as a way of seeking attention, they make a bad choice, a very bad choice which can ruin their lives and perhaps others' lives as well. Let's hope that before this happens, this youngster is fortunate enough to meet an adult who takes an interest in them, whether a teacher, a clergy member, an athletic coach, a police officer, or maybe even a former award-winning chef who runs a local diner. While the last suggestion sounds a bit out of place, it's actually the premise of a fantastic new story co-authored by Chef Charles Carroll and John David Mann. It's a story that engages and inspires and shows how easy it can be to make the wrong choices and how important it is to make the right ones. Back with Chef Charles Carroll right after this. 
Let me ask you, would you like to become objection-proof? Would you like to close sales gentler, easier, and more effectively than ever before? Would you like to never again have to discount your prices? Would you like to learn the one thing that motivates every human being to action and the only reason why people ultimately buy? Do you want to more effectively than ever before communicate the exceptional value that you provide to your customers and clients? If you answered yes to these questions, then what you want is to learn how to sell the go-giver away. If you'd like to dramatically increase your ability to influence and sell, then check out my one-hour audio program, Selling the Go-Giver Away. For more information, click the link in the show notes. Chef Charles Carroll has a unique perspective on success, greatness, and what it takes to create amazing teams. He took his first Culinary Olympics gold medal, the first of many, at age 24, and has participated in eight different Olympics over three decades. As executive chef at one of the highest-rated country clubs in the nation, he manages and mentors a team of 75 in six kitchens and three restaurants, putting out 80 to 100 banquet functions per week, and maintains an incredible sense of family spirit and team morale in the process. He also travels the country giving inspirational talks to young people on the ingredients of greatness. He just returned from logging a quarter million miles in his two-year stint as president of the World Association of Chefs Societies. And in his spare time, you know, with nothing much else to do, he co-authored a book, a culinary parable, as he calls it, with our own uh, John David Mann. It's called The Recipe, a story of loss, love, and the ingredients of greatness, and is an absolutely delightful story with some of the best life lessons and career success advice uh, I've ever read. No less than former heavyweight boxing champion George Foreman calls it an instant classic. To learn more, visit chefcharlescarroll.com and theingredientsofgreatness.com. And of course, those will be in the show notes. Welcome, Chef. Hey, Bob. Thank you so much for having me, man. I, I uh, it's, it's such a great honor just to be on the same show with you. Oh, my, my pleasure. Uh, the honor is mine. How often do we get a multi-gold winning uh, Olympic competitor <laughs> with us? Hopefully uh, not often. <laughs> right, not, not, not too often. <laughs> so as the story begins, and again, it's a parable, Owen is a troubled mm. young 14-year-old who makes a very serious mistake. What's going on in his life? Set the premise. Well, you know, Owen is, is uh, mad at the world and mad at God. You know, he loses da his dad at yes. a very young age, and, and he goes spiraling down and, and gets himself in a bunch of trouble. So, uh, you know, this crusty old diner chef, he, he sees this happening, and and so he reaches out and and um, and uh, tries to help the boy. So each chapter is a life lesson, and each chapter they cook something. And usually mm -hmm. when I say that, people, you know, you can see their eyes and the light bulb goes off because there's so many wonderful you know, uh, you know, ways that food has to deal with life, you know, mm -hmm. so we just have a great time. And as you know, you know, John David Mann is one of the best in oh, the country. Amazing. So he's just, you know, all world to work with. Yeah. Now the new mentor protege relationship between the two begins with a hot dog and a Coke and mm. of annoyance to Owen, the young boy is that rather than just being able to gobble it down, the mm. chef takes him through an entire experience why what's the point you're making from the very beginning you know i love that you you picked that that part out of the book you know it's right at the beginning <clears throat> because you know the, the chef is such a wonderful um character in this book and, mm -hmm. and john did a great job with it and you know the boy is so upset and he's so 
you know, I am mad and he's sitting yes. at the diner. He doesn't want to be there and, and he's and he's got all this weight on his shoulders. And the chef is such a brilliant, wise soul. He sees this and he understands it. And uh, so he asked him to taste the hot dog. And, and, he, and Owen says, it's a stupid hot dog. You know what? Why? And he said, well, what's it taste like? And he, and he started thinking, then he started really thinking about it, mm-hmm. tasting the hot dog. And and for one moment, he has a, what I like to say as a food memory. And, mm-hmm. and he goes back in time and he, he remembers it being in a ballpark with his dad and his dad had his hand on his shoulder and the crack of the bat and in the eating of the hot dog. And so that, for those 10 minutes, Bob, that's what makes this kind of so special. It kind of sets the tone for the rest of the book. For those 10 minutes, you know, the, the chef took the pain away from Owen. He lifted that pain off and brought him to a really great memory in mm-hmm. time. So that's the kind of the clever part of of the book and, and how, how wise the, the chef is. Here's a quote from early in the book. If you're angry, you're mm-hmm. going to cook angry. Now, as with all the lessons in the book, that's not just a cooking lesson, correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean... I mean, if you're angry at something, you're not going to do a very good job at anything, really. But uh, but an angry cook can't cook great food. And, you know, think about you know, the listeners to think about the times they walked in the kitchens of their moms or their grandmothers or, or you know, their father or uncles or whoever is cooking during the holidays. And you think about those family recipes, quote unquote, that people are cooking. They're so proud of them. I could always think of my grandmother, you know, singing with her oven mitts, taking that, that special mm-hmm. casserole out of the oven. You know, they're so passionate about that. And you know, whatever that thing is, it's going to taste great because it's a family recipe and it's, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, they're cooking from the heart. Now, I, I can see in my kitchen, I can look out, out of my window and, and see somebody if they're cooking from the heart or if they're just trying to get the food out. And, and that's what it's about. You know, it's, that's, that's a difference if someone has a deep, deep passion for food. Mm-hmm. One of the the many, many lessons I loved was when the chef was explaining the difference between a cook and a chef, and it has to do with adding value to the experience. If I may read from page 49, a cook cooks, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a noble thing. People need to eat. But a chef doesn't just cook. A chef transforms. A Mm. chef raises the level of everything he cooks. Now, skipping a couple of lines here, it concludes with this. You can improve anything, and you should seek to improve everything. Now, personally, Mm. I would love every young person to read that line and make it one of the themes of their lives, and uh, they will they can't help but becoming a huge success. Again, not just in cooking, but in everything they do, right? Right. You know, and, and we have that sign in our kitchen hang, hanging downstairs uh, as you enter the club, improve everything you touch. Yes. And that's one of our one of our guiding principles. And, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we, we have 80 to 100 functions a week here and we're, we're, we're crazy busy. Yeah. So if you're not if you're not careful, you know, you find people punching in and punching out and then they're they're pushing the, you know, the hundreds of covers out each day. You know, if they're, if they're not careful, they're not they're not they're just trying to get it done. And, and uh, our mission is to, you know, not only to improve everything we touch, but we also want to preserve what's already great, mm. you know, and, and, and you got, you got, you know, some beautiful vegetables coming in, you know, the beautiful summer tomato. The last thing you want to do is coat it with a bunch of sauce or something. You want the tomato to taste like a tomato. So, you know, we have an obligation, you know, as a chef, 
you know, to preserve what's already great and then, and then see how we can improve on it. But, you know, as far as, uh, you know, I, I have, just like it says, you know, I, I need people to peel carrots every day and, mm-hmm. and I have a team of 75 and not everybody, you know, is chewing off the end of the table to do whatever it takes to be successful or to be great, you know, right. really, but, but, uh, but I, you know, and I need people to peel carrots. So, but I do have those handful, you know, that, you know, a couple dozen people that are looking to, to take that next step in mm-hmm. their career, in their life. So that's when a difference between a cook and a chef, you know, the chef has that thing there, that soul, that passion and that drive. Mm-hmm. And, and that connects with the, the following chapter, little things. And, and mm-hmm. I want to bring up Mad Dog, uh, <laughs> one of the chefs, when he went into, uh, I love the characters in the story, uh, cool. when he went to apply for the job, uh, he noticed a, a, a dirty coffee cup at a table mm-hmm. that the busser had neglected to remove, and he removed it. Now, this was before he even worked there, but right. it's because who he was. What he did was simply the symptom, and his uh, eventual employer found, you know, saw that, so he got the job. So the lesson, which was, to me, rule number three, was, well, pay attention to the little things, and when you mm-hmm. do this, the big things take to tend to take care of themselves. So I guess greatness is, is in a sense, in the details, right? Yeah, Bob, it's like you wrote the book. <laughs> you're so you're so connected. Yeah, you know, by the way, first of all, Mad Dog, uh, there there really is a Mad Dog. Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And and yeah. um and John and I have taken on as I know your relationship with John, you've taken on your names with the books as they develop it. So John mm-hmm. is is our Mad Dog. <laughs> ah. Anyway, you can call him Mad Dog now. You have one up on him. That's um, funny. But yeah, we are everything we do. I mean, what do we do when the lights are off? What do you do when people aren't looking? Who are you as a person? Mm-hmm. Are, are you that? Are you fake? Or are you are are you have are you committed to excellence? And in the book, you know, the chef had interviewed uh, four or five or six other people who were who had a fantastic, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote resume or were very well to do. But in in Mad Dog went in to interview, uh, and as he's walking through the diner, he sees a dirty cup that was left behind as a buster was walking away, and he just grabbed it out of habit because that's who he that's is who as he a is. person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and that was it. The interview was over. Mm-hmm. He got the job. So, I mean, you know, what do you do when the lights are out? And and um, and that's going to serve you well yeah. if you if that's who you are as, as a person. You know, Lou Holtz says, you know, that uh, you know life is is all about the choices. You know, you know, what are, you know, what choices are you going to make? And, uh, you can't run, you can't hide from that. Right. Now explain if you will, for us non-culinary experts, what is meant by, and, and hopefully I'm going to pr- pronounce this right, mise plus spelled yeah. like mise place, but I think it's mise plus and, and the wonderful lesson you and John shared regarding that would compose your space rule four. Yeah, uh, mise en place. Yeah, it, it's um, it's everything in its place. That's what it means. It's a little term. Everything in its place. And and so you know, in, in the kitchen, you know, I'll go up and down. You know, in the kitchens, and and I'll visit everybody, and I'll open up their drawers, their refrigeration drawers, and I'll check what a, you know a, a slang term of that is their place. You know, uh, how's your uh, how's your place? You know, where's your place at? I want to I want to take a look at it real quick. So it's mise en place. Everything in its place. And and John does a really great job in the book. Uh, uh, you know, when you're on the firing line, you know, when you're in battle, you know, you have to have everything in its place. You know, when you're putting out a hundred, 150 covers, you need to always be able to grab that, that olive oil and put it back down in the same mm. place. The parsley, everything is in the same place. You can almost do it blindfolded. You, you know that that's where it's going to be. If you're constantly looking for things, you're never going to, you're never going to, it's like assembly line. You're going right. to start dropping, dropping plates. So, 
So that's what that's how special it is. And of course, when you relate it to life, Bob, as you know, man, you know, you got to line up your life, you got to set up your life, you got to you got to organize yourself and 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 try to and not only our businesses, mm-hmm. um, and 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 all these dreams that we're we're working on, but also at home because you have to balance that. And sure. and I don't know as we always. We always do that so well, and and uh, you need to focus on that as well. Well, it's that sense of discipline, I guess, that in in a sense is freeing as opposed to stifling. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, another uh, great chef statement from the book, and I'll ask you to unwrap this for us. Excellence is not greatness. Greatness is excellence plus honor. Why is excellence alone not the same as as greatness? Well, I mean, you know, you know, you can do something excellent today, um, but I, it's the same kind of going back to what we're talking about. But are you going to do it every day? Can ah, you do? Can right, okay. you do it every day? Mm-hmm. And, and um, I, I can choose to cook a good dish right now, but who are who are you as a person? Um, are you are you that dedicated person that you're going to do it every single day? Are you going to do it with honor? Yeah. And and, um, and so that's when it's all wrapped up and. You know, I can test a kid for an interview, and he'll do the great on the interview, but mm-hmm. then he'll he'll drop the shoe, you know, uh, after it's over. Okay, Chef, this the following is without question my favorite, my very favorite line from the book, and I, I'd like to discuss it. Um, let's set the scene. We're about three quarters of the way through the story at this point, and again, fourteen year old Owen, he's a troubled kid, and he's he's still messing up. And mm-hmm. hey, you know, life has thrown some very difficult things at him. He has reason to be sad, to be angry, to feel mm-hmm. discouraged. Um, and he's determined to, to, to find people to blame for it. But Chef tells him something very powerful here, mm-hmm. and it's in the form of a question. Actually, he says, so Owen, here's the question you have to ask yourself. Are you going to waste your life getting even with the world, mm-hmm. or are you going to get up off your butt and mm-hmm. make something out of yourself? Tough mm-hmm. but important question, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Uh, what a, what a great way that chef has to put, you know, the, these words on on paper. In fact, I think I originally had a different word: get up off your. <laughs> but John changed it back. But yeah, uh, um, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, how how do you coach a negative person? How, how you know? And and Bob, that was a long time before I had this epiphany about how how to work with negative people. How because Negative people are determined to be negative. I mean, that's, I mean, they're driven to be negative in many cases. And, and so for me, I think the aha moment for me was, where are you looking? And so it wasn't until I started coaching people on, you know, gosh, you know, you're constantly looking for negative things. You're constantly looking for things to be pissed off at. You know, start, don't come into my office and complain to me about a cook that's on your line, you know, about all the things that he's terrible at. You know, tell me, and then I would stop the guy and said, do me a favor, tell me three things that the guy does well. And he stopped him in his tracks. He mm-hmm. had to stop and really think. Mm-hmm. And and then, well, actually, you know, he is pretty talented. He's a, he's a good craftsman. You know, uh-huh. his hand, he's got great skills in his hands. But, 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 but. No, so no, no. You know, so it for me, Bob, it's, it's where are you looking? Uh-huh. So if we can just, if it's epiphany, if you can just get people to, you know, to, to change their mindset and start looking for things that are great. Then, then you're going to have a much better day, and then you're going to be able to work with that person, in my opinion. So, I think it's a great life lesson for Owen to, you know, to, you know, stop being upset at the world. And my, you know, my, and I can quote my wife here. You know, I was, I was one time. She's a fitness instructor, and I'm a chef, so we keep the world turning, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But, um, 
she, you know, I, I, was, I was waking up and was, God, I don't feel well. I don't feel well. Gosh, I'm gaining weight. I'm, you know, about two, three weeks. And then finally she got my face. She said, well, do something about it. <laughs> For crying out loud, do something about it. Stop complaining and, and start working out, you know. And I'm like, gosh, she's right, you know. All I am doing is complaining. So I just love that outlook. Mm-hmm. Chef Charles Carroll is a world-renowned chef, Olympic champion, gold medalist, and co-author with John David Mann of the delicious new book and pun totally and absolutely intended, The Recipe, which comes out today. For more on the book and on my guest, you can go to chefcharlescarroll.com and or theingredientsofgreatness.com, uh, and that will be in the show notes. Both will be. And for the foodies out there, every meal that was prepared in the book, and there were many, the actual recipe is in the back. Wow. Thank you again, Chef. I wish you much success with your great new book. Thank you so much on everything and for being a great friend. Main takeaway I received from Chef Carol is that we all have a choice. We can either waste our lives getting even with the world for all our hurts, or we can get up off of our butts and make something of ourselves. What were your thoughts when you heard Chef discuss that? Do you feel it's a message worth repeating to the young ones in our lives? Please feel free to write to me at bobatberg.com and let me know your thoughts. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, the Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the expanded edition of the book. And while you're there, check out John David Mann's and my newest book, The Go-Giver Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.